in my life, there is nothing that has brought more pain, more doubt, more confusion than the intersection of these two simple statements. I am a Christian and I am gay. Yeah, Steve, I can totally relate to that. I have always been attracted to men. And when I found myself attracted to women in a way that I couldn't really deny anymore, to me, I had a clear choice to make. I would choose my sexuality or I would choose my faith. And I did what a lot of Christian LGBTQ people do. And I chose my faith and lived that way for a really long time, believing that this sense that I had that I could have intimacy and form a family with a woman was wrong. Yeah, because Alicia, you, your whole life has revolved around your faith. I mean, you went to seminary, you became a pastor. Like this is, this has been everything that you've ever known. Yeah, I was pretty all in on it. This was just my life plan of what I was going to do for the rest of my life was um, be a pastor in this denomination that was not okay with same-sex marriage in any way, shape, or form. And I was willing to live that way. So to me, it was just like a choice of, you know, I choose my faith, not my sexuality. And really, honestly, a lot of Christian LGBTQ people do that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly what I did. I went into ministry. I worked for Young Life, which is an evangelical youth organization. I worked for them for almost my entire adult life. It was the most important thing to me, being able to share the gospel with high school and college students. And yet inside, I was falling apart. I was trying to just shove down the sexuality that I thought was unacceptable and I thought, you know, if I prayed hard enough, if I did all of these things, then God would get me through it. But it certainly didn't feel like God was getting me through it. It, it felt like everything was coming apart internally and I, and I didn't know what to do. You know, we'd had nuance on all kinds of issues about slavery and genocide in the Old Testament, about the value and the legal autonomy of women, like all kinds of, of just nuance on these questions. And then when it came to same-sex relationships, it was just like, ah, the Bible is clear. Like, you have to be liberal in order to believe that. And I just found that the same effort wasn't put towards that question that was put towards the other questions. But when I did put that effort towards those questions... I, it just totally changed the picture of what scripture was saying. So Alicia and I have spent years of our lives studying this topic, engaging with scripture, engaging with scholars who are studying this issue. And what we want to do in this podcast is create a roadmap and to be able to take you back and go, hey, here's, here's kind of where we started. Here's some of the questions we were initially asking, and here's what we began to discover along the way and, and what eventually led to us personally changing our minds. We have been talking to some of the most brilliant people we can find to educate us on this topic. And we have uh, right now just a quick taste of some of the guests we have on season one. I used to go to every altar call, every altar call, and I would lay on the altar. I would cry and plead and beg with God. Make me normal. I don't care, boy, girl, just make me normal. I'm not normal. I'm a freak. When I hit puberty, 
the attractions that that were building in me were not for for girls. They were for other guys. Oh, I've been preaching against gay people all this time and saying that being gay is a choice. But that's what gay means, is someone who's attracted to the same sex, and that's what I'm experiencing. And so what do I do about this? You know, these people just obviously had lost their way and were engaging in rebellious behavior, and they just needed to repent and come back to Jesus. That was my understanding. So I didn't even think that it was possible for me to be attracted to women. And so I felt betrayed by God. And then when I hit 15, my voice started getting deeper and I started growing facial hair. And I'm like, okay, this isn't what they told me was supposed to happen in health class. So I'm really a freak. You know, God is the reason that I get up in the morning. My sense of value of life is it, it directly tied to my relationship with God. Which I thought was, it, was, it wasn't a sin to be gay, but if I choose to act on it, if I choose to engage in sexual relations with someone of the same sex, that that's where the sin came in. So I was going to write this book. And I started out doing a, a, a detailed Bible study, and I went in praying, okay, God, I'm going into this. I want to go in with a blank slate. I want to apply the same principles to this subject as I apply to every other subject that I study. And that's where I went wrong. And I remember opening it up and, and going to those verses in Leviticus that, that say men who lie with men should be stoned. And sitting in that chair and being terrified I'm going to hell, <laughs> and I, can, I don't have any control over it. Even though it led me eventually to people for whom the questions about male and female are really inadequate questions, some kids are born in such a way where the doctor looks at their genitals at birth and says, I don't know if this is a boy or a girl. But I've spent a lot of years praying and studying how do I honor God with my life and my of this sexuality that I did not choose. I chose to not just assume anymore, but to actually apply the same principles of study, which honestly, up to that point, I had never done. It's as weird as it is, I, I had always assumed that my existing belief was right. I had never studied it. When I did that, I began to see some things that I was not expecting to see. But for a gay Christian, every sexual impulse, desire, feeling you ever have, you have to look at it as disordered and you have to work to renounce it and eliminate it. Not just lustful fantasizing, simply noticing, for me, noticing that a man is beautiful is something that should cause me to feel a sense of conviction that I am doing something wrong and seek to change it. And so really, in order for a gay Christian, to live into non-affirming theology in a coherent way, you have to strive to eliminate your sexuality altogether. Functionally, it's not celibacy, it's castration. It's not just don't be expressing your sexuality, it is actually eliminate your sexuality from your inner being. And that is not something that people can do. I thought I had known all this time how all this stuff worked and what God was calling me to. And now all of a sudden, I wasn't sure what my future held or what to believe about any of this. And just wanting to have the conversation to figure out what God was calling me to seemed impossible because anytime I would bring up the conversation, there were folks on one side who didn't understand one part of me and folks on the other side who didn't understand the other part. And, and that was incredibly frustrating. I started meeting 
all of these people, you know, dozens and then hundreds and then thousands of other people who were in the same boat, who felt all alone. They felt like there was no one they could talk to about what they were going through, and they felt misunderstood. And I thought, well, if we can't have a better conversation about this, then what are we doing as a church? Um, it doesn't surprise me when the world is not nuanced, but we as Christians should be nuanced. We should at least be getting the, the details right and showing people love and grace, and that wasn't happening. You know, I didn't turn to drugs. I didn't turn to alcohol. I turned to God. So without God, I probably would be in that reservoir at the end of that road, or I would have done something else to myself through my life because I was an outcast and I had nowhere I didn't fit anywhere. But my relationship with God kept me strong. I'm God's child. God made me and God loves me. And I have a place at the table. We are so excited to take this journey with you through the Bible and through the lives of LGBTQ Christians. If you want to know more, you can find us on social media. We are at Open Bible Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Open Bible Podcast. And finally, our website is openbiblepodcast.com. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll talk soon.